back to the cast. It is ZBookies.com podcast here on Spotify. It is Friday, December 4th, and it is into... And behold, we are, unfortunately, minus a couple members today due to schedule and conflict as we are coming to you Friday, but COVID's kind of got us all rearranged a little bit this year. Happy holidays, by the way. Happy holidays, behold. You can officially say that it's post-Thanksgiving. You know, the Christmas music has been struck up. Have you been listening to any uh, Mariah Carey? I have not, but I like Christmas music, man. I, I get down to it. I'm not even going to lie. That's a topic that we can definitely, you know... Jingle bell rock oh. and rocking around the Christmas tree. Oh, no ab- for me. absolutely. So, In no particular order. If anybody out there has worked any type of retail establishment whatsoever for any major corporation, you are loving the Christmas music right after Thanksgiving. But at about the, the two-week... 12th, week, 13th, right yeah, in there? on the 12th yeah. day of Christmas, you're about to you're fucking sick. Good Christmas music. <laughs> you know, I used to like just want that thing to be off on the 26th, but it ran until, uh, you know, New Year's. Oh, yeah. I used to work uh, at a retail establishment in an electronics department and they would loop on all the TVs the same bullshit and it reset once a week. So like sometimes they did some like NFL highlight stuff and, you know, the first day of the week, second day of the week, it's kind of cool. By the end of that week, you're so tired of seeing the same fucking 10 clips over and over. It's it, very similar to listen to the same 10 Christmas songs over and over. That's got me thinking of the movie, The 40-Year-Old Virgin, when he's looping the Michael McDonald, and yep. he's like, I'm going to burn this Yama, burn this place to the ground. That was like one of the best lines in the movie. Anyway, yeah. Um, so last week, um, pretty great week um, overall in terms of the betting. Um, the Hawks actually got a bad luck um, money line yeah. loss if the you took them late. Two-point conversion. Well, if you think about it, though, when we did the show, the line was five and a half. Yep. So if you got on at five and a half, good for you. If you got on at six and a half when the Sorry. game started. Sorry. Man, you know, the hard part was is that watching the two-point conversion because he just walked into the end zone, and I mean everybody was probably just like ripping their tickets up and just stomping the ground. Well, And from a player perspective, I can understand how we just walked into the end zone. The defense knows that this – really bears no significance in the game and why risk an injury to be honest with you i mean you know kind of stand up you know put hands on your guy and watch the running back walk past you totally agree odds are you're going to get the onside kick and then you're not going to have to defend another hail mary right after that um you know the obvious key of the game was dk metcalf i mean he's gone through the gauntlet of what's considered to be you know probably the upper echelon of cornerbacks in the nfl and darius slay was no exception. He got abused. He got abused. And I believe DK now is the NFL yards, uh, receiving yards leader, isn't he? I haven't checked to see that. He has over a thousand yards currently and nine touchdown receptions. Mm -hmm. I believe he's on pace for about 1700 yards and 15 touchdowns on the season. He's a bad, bad man. And he's only in his second year. Mm -hmm. And a lot of teams passed on him. I mean, how does he, I mean, why don't we make fun of the three cone drill, but how does he ultimately fall to the 64th pick overall? It, you know what? It just shows you that no matter what analytics you look at, all the scouts and stats and even the eye test, there's some guys who just have a little something different, a little something extra, something you can't necessarily coach, something you can't – if you don't have it, you don't have it. And it just it just shows when they get to that next level and they just excel, they bloom. One of the best quotes that I heard from DK, you know, even after the game, leading up to the game – was how you know a bunch of teams passed on him in the draft, and you know, he loves it too. Oh yeah, JJ Arcega Whiteside was taken over him in the draft by the Eagles. Actually, I mean, and, and his quote was, "I have to make them pay. Mm-hmm. They passed on me." If Every think about single it, week. If you think about it, the Seahawks passed on him also. I mean, I'd hate to be on that list. Yeah, no, I'm for sure. I mean, if you really think about it. I kind of alluded to it last week. Chris Carson gives them the, the the game plan ability to take the pressure off of DK to where 
you can minimize the amount of targets that he ultimately has to have to carry you to a victory because he's proven he can carry you to a victory if needed. And Carson brings a lot more loaded boxes. He just does. Well, Hyde is on the injury list this week coming up against the Giants. Penny is not back yet, but the the following week he'll be able to to enter into practice. And at that point, they'll have to add him to the roster before they have to make a decision. Ultimately, if they're going to leave him on IR, um, there is a certain point in where he has to be um, on the active roster. But Hyde's not officially out. In fact, on their injury report, there was no one that has actually been scratched from the game yet. There's some doubtfuls and there's some questionables, but no one's out as of yet. Which, if you're entering into week, you know was it 14 or 13 this week, 13 this week. I mean, you're really looking up if your injury report only has maybe one or two guys listed on it, considering where they were, you know, a few weeks ago. I mean, Adams has been playing through a a shoulder stinger that, you know, has been hanging around for a little while, but I mean, the acquisition of Dunlap along with Mayo getting healthy, the emergence of Collier a little bit, Mm -hmm. they've gotten the ability to manufacture a little bit more pressure without having to rush guys. This is the the defense. This is the team that has, you know, most pundits around the globe saying, Hey, the Seahawks, when they put their a game out there, sleep on them. I mean, it's not just don't sleep on them. I mean, we already know how explosive the offense can be, but if your defense is, giving up under 300 yards a game, which they've done two games in a row. And in the half that they had against the Rams, they only gave up, I think, like, you know, Quick says four yards. Well, I, And say what you want about the Eagles being trash and that being why, but the Rams are a playoff contender right now. And they were at first place in the division up until this last week. So, Well, we'll get to it a little bit later, but every team in the NFC West yeah, is a playoff true. contender. Um, let's get into the game itself that the Hawks are going to play this week. They've got the Giants at home, um, 1 o'clock kickoff. Uh, you got an 11-point number here. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, the Giants are going to be handicapped with Colt McCoy uh, more than likely taking yeah, the Daniel snaps. Jones um, Daniel Jones had a hamstring injury. You're over-under for the game, um, you know, is 47.5, you know, opened at 46.5. So, obviously... You know, either the, everybody thinks the Seahawks are going to just win 48 to nothing uh, or somehow the Giants might be able to score some points this game. <laughs> um, but don't sleep on the Giants, you know, overall, their defense. Um, Willie Gallman has had a rushing touchdown in five straight games. Um, you know, their Ingram's kind of come out of his shell a little bit these last few weeks, too. Obviously, they're going to be trying to play for their injured quarterback. Colt McCoy has been in the league for a while. I mean, he should be able to check it down to the running backs and the tight ends, you know, fairly well and fairly often. And. Um, if you're playing the the early season Seahawks D, I mean, obviously this is a game to where anybody could come in and you know manufacture a drive here and there and get some points on the board. However, if you're playing the defense that's shown up the last three games overall, I don't think Colt McCoy is going to have a very comfortable game back there. Nope, they're um, going to bring some heat. They're going to put some pressure on them for sure. And even if they don't bring a bunch of heat and a bunch of pressure, again, the four man pass rush is usually effective to a quarterback who isn't stepping into the game experience with all of his checks and all of his reads. So, prop bet, if the over-under is 2.5 for sacks for Jamal Adams, what are you taking? I would go under on him individually at 2.5, right, but, right. but if the number for the Seahawks was like 3.5 overall as a team, I would definitely go over on that. I you, mean, You know what? Playing from behind, though, and in, in for sure passing situations, I could see him getting in there three times. Absolutely. I mean, they, they rush him enough to where he could find himself back there at yep. least that many times. Um I just ultimately don't know if you want to put him in that position where he's rushing on every single play and putting him in that in position to injure himself again in a game yeah. to where you can probably win it fairly easily. I mean, Pete Carroll's not on the sideline saying, hey, guys, we got to get out there. 11 points is the number this week. <laughs> Obviously, they didn't stop the two-point conversion. So. Um, 
I mean, uh, it's tough it's for me. It's a lot of points. It's a lot of points. It's um, at home, though. It's at home. I'm taking the Hawks. I would definitely guarantee the Hawks would win the game. And that's a homer bet because the points do scare me a little bit, especially with what we saw with garbage time last week. But uh, I got to take the Hawks. Yeah, I mean, I'll lay the points and, and bet the Hawks if I'm putting my money down on the table. Um, you know, the over-under is also a good bet on this game. I like over 47 yeah, and a half for sure. Um, I think that the, the money coming in is definitely dictating the, you know, the over-under with, you know, everybody thinking it's going to go over at 47 and a half. And again, Colt McCoy is somewhat serviceable, so he might be able to help, you know, keep the game high. Um, next game on the docket, non-Seahawk related. Uh, we've got the New Orleans Saints, who with Taysom Hill um, look kind of decent. They've been able to kind of sustain the typical Saints model. They're on the road, though, against the much-improved Atlanta Falcons, who just absolutely beat down the autumn wind. Well, uh, Taysom Hill's coming off of uh, winning a very intense quarterback duel. Last Quarterbackless week. game. Yeah, it was. I don't know. It's it's tough because our sample sizes. I think they played the Falcons for the first time. He started the week before, correct? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, he's uh, so Taysom Hill had the 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 home start before the road start. Uh, gosh, it's eluding me on who they played um, a, a week ago. Was played, it, it was Atlanta. the Falcons yep. and the yep. Broncos. Exactly. Yeah. So yep. he he looked good against the Falcons, but that's when no one has any tape on him. Then the Broncos game, you almost have to throw that out the fucking window. I feel like so the Falcons seeing him again at home after having played him having time to actually look at a couple weeks of game film and figure out what they're doing with him because he doesn't have nearly as many dimensions as Drew Brees does or I guess he has the legs and Drew Brees has the arm but you can kind of key on what he's going to do it's pretty simple I think it's fair to say that he doesn't have the dimensions in terms of um, the ability to look the at playbook's his probably cut in half with him at the helm. I agree. I, but to look at and survey at the defense and to kind of pick up, you know, where pressure might be coming from and what you need to check to breeze has got the quick eye, the quick arm. He's just, like I said before, he's a mechanic back there and he knows the car very well. And, and you know, you're getting a second look at him in a very short period of time. If you're the Falcons here, um, it's a three point road favorite here for the saints. Obviously the saints have the ability to, hold the ball for a long time. Historically in this matchup though, Matt Ryan has had a bunch of terrible games. His QBR is sub 50 in the last six games uh, against the, uh, the Saints. Rough. So Saints D is good. It is. It's not only that. It's just, I think it's more indicative of, you know, where Matt Ryan is in terms of how he plays against the other teams in his division at this point in his career. I think they pretty much have a beat on him and Sean Payton's a really good coach. I think the the Saints are still the the play here financially. I would go with the three points in the Saints on the road just because they have the ability to hold the ball, run it, mm-hmm. dictate their offense. And Julio, he was out last week, I believe. I don't know if he's going to play this week, but he's he, banged up either way. He was out last week. He's had a hammy issue all year long. He's certainly not reliable up to game time. Gurley was out, and Hill looked like trash. I mean, yeah. I, I'm taking the Saints, yeah, too. There's I would I just, Too many I'm, question marks yeah. on the Atlanta side of the ball. Taysom yep. Hills looked decent. And the style offense they're going to run with Taysom Hill is going to be long, sustained drives, and that keeps the defense off the field, which keeps them fresh, keeps their legs fucking fresh. I mean, yeah. Latavius Murray had, you know, the. I, do- I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, he had a dominant game last year as RB2 for the Saints. Yeah, I had Kamara starting in my fantasy football league, and, well, yeah. I should have started Latavius Murray, apparently. How could you do that? How could it? You can't bench Kamara for Murray. It's the one off, it's happened once. Uh, earlier in the season, it, it's going to happen or whatever. So we're both taking the Saints on that one. Oh, absolutely. I can't go uh, against them at this point in the year. They're just too well coached. I mean, 
we kind of talked about it before we started casting, but last year was a fantastic example when Bridgewater came in and managed the same style of offense and was able to lead them to plenty of victories. Their issue was is that, again, when it came playoff time, for whatever reason, they couldn't hold serve at home. It's a testament, though, to Sean Payton's system and how he has his guys who are due up when it's second man up or next man up ready to go and ready to just plug and play into their system. And a quarterback's probably the most influential and important you know, position on the field. And to lose that and have your backup just come in and your team doesn't miss a beat and wins two games, I mean, granted, one of them was against a quarterbackless team, but still, it just it's a, it's a hat off to Sean Payton for sure. And he's even got Jameis Winston in his back pocket still as a as a QB three. And we before uh, the Atlanta game both thought that they were going to say Hill's going to start. He's going to come in for a series maybe, and then Winston comes in just to throw the other team off. But no, they they stuck by Hill. Yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, the Saints definitely are in control of their own destiny. I mean, the Hawks are one game behind them. Um, Hawks would hold the tiebreaker um, over them if they lose um, an NFC game, I believe. Um, but that's neither here nor Go there. Falcons. Exactly. Uh, next game is the uh, eight and three, uh, the eight and three bowl. Yeah, the battle of the eight and threes. Cleveland it's Browns. A, it's a pretty important game for the AFC. Yeah, absolutely. Cleveland Browns and the Tennessee Titans. Um, Titans look good. Titans looked great last week. I mean, you, you guys tried to tell me that. Um, you know, the Colts are going to come in yeah. and win that game. Yeah. And I was like, Derrick Henry's just a monster. And once again, he proved he's a monster. That Colts defense that I've been touting all year long looked like a fucking sieve. Right. And, you know, again, though, it's a division game. It just proves that it can go back and forth. You know, they both kind of did the same thing to each other on each other's home field. They might even have a chance to settle the score in the playoffs. As for this game, it's not that I don't like the Browns. I think the Browns have put together a, a sneaky, underrated, good season. But if you really look into it and you really dissect Who have they it, they beat though. That's the thing. Yeah. And even when they beat them, they haven't beaten them impressively. I mean, if you count the the Cowboys win as an impressive one, I guess. But I mean, a two point win on the road against Jacksonville. I mean, the only teams that you know that they've gone up against that are really that good. Like they had a home game against the Raiders that they lost. Yeah. I mean, most of the games that they had that are against good teams that they had a chance to win. They haven't won. They beat the Colts. Again, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not. So the Colts supposedly have a really good run defense, right? Mm-hmm. But Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb were able to, you know, do their thing and run all over. The, the Browns do flaunt the number one rushing team in the league, I believe. So with Stefanski's game plan, I mean, he wants to run the ball. And the Titans give up a ton of rushing yards. I mean, if you really go deep into this game, I mean, the style of the Browns says that they should have a chance to win this game and cover Easily, I mean, maybe even get a, a money line win. However, I mean, I just have no confidence in the overall Browns, I guess, overall schedule and strength and confidence that I have that they're going to take on a good team and outright win on the road. I mean, they can afford a loss here, but make no mistake about it. They're not going to this game thinking we can afford a loss. I mean, this is an opportunity for them to go on the road and to establish himself as the clear number two in you know the AFC North. Well, and something a lot of people aren't talking about when it comes to the Titans. I mean, Derrick Henry obviously is a monster. He's going to get you between one and two hundred yards in and week in and week out. But AJ Brown is one throw emerged. away, one snap away from a seventy-yard touchdown. Absolutely, he's and you can throw it to him five yards out, ten yards out, and he's just going to battle his way to the end zone too. I mean, we've seen it a couple times. I mean, the guy's just. He's he has immersion. Him and DK went to college together. He gets a lot of separation off of the ball. I mean, most of the times when he doesn't get the catch, I mean, it's either because he outright dropped it like DK does. They have the drops he's for whatever reason, or the quarterback just misses them because usually they're open. And he's a big, physical, fast receiver. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to just... <clears throat> I think I'm just going to take the Titans tighten here up. and we're, five and a half. We're three for three of the same picks, Nick. This can't happen. Well, I mean, if you want to disagree, I mean, we can, but I no, have no, a... No, this isn't I, a game to do. I anymore. have a feeling that the Browns are just going to show that it, they're that team that's... They look like a, a, a pig with lipstick, you know? <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, it's still a hog. Yep. Um, on to the next one. <laughs> we got a division matchup. Speaking of the uh, Colts, mm-hmm. they go on the road against the uh, kind of revived Texans, 4-7 and seven record this time. Um, Colts are still coming in as a three-point favorite. You know, that's more like a six-point line if you really think about it. Um, you know, with the home team usually getting three. Deshaun Watson is still kind of... Deshaun Watson. No Will Fuller, though. No Will Fuller just got suspended. I mean, David Johnson's coming back, but what are we going to get from him? I mean, he had the concussion. I mean, some guys can come back from that and go right on the field because they got their legs usually, yep. you know. But at the same time, you know, it's also mental. You know, what, what's it he going to It is, and I be? don't think they, they – I think they have him on a pitch count. What do you think he gets? 12, 15, 15 carries? Yeah. 15 max. Yeah. I mean, usually that's about where he ends up. I mean, he could get to about the 20 if they are super confident and they held him out for the purposes of being able to put him right back in um, under the same direction of how they had used him previously. But Duke Johnson isn't, like, a total bum. I mean, he's serviceable. He catches the ball out of the backfield. Um, they've been in their games, hence their 4-7, and seven, since they started, you know, very poorly and fired Bill O'Brien, who sold their team for beans. Um, in this game here... The Colts have a great defense overall, but they had a couple struggles um, recently. Um, I like to think, though, the Colts have the opportunity to put their stamp back on the AFC playoff radar because it gets mucked if you lose this game, if you think about it. I mean, your ninth-place team is still 6-5 and five in the AFC. Yeah, no, it's stout. So I think the Colts are desperate to get back on track. A three-point line is super sexy here with their defense and a, a Will fuller list Texans team and a yeah. questionable running game. So I'm laying the points on the Colts. I'm locking the Colts this week on a comeback. Ooh, nice. Locking the Colts. I agree with you. The Colts defense bounces back after. I mean, <laughs> Derrick Henry's matchup proof. So you hate to look at the Colts defense, get ran all over by Derrick Henry and say, oh, what the fuck? They fell apart. It's Derrick fucking Henry. The guy... Runs it's going to happen. Everybody. It's an yeah. occupational hazard. It is. It is. So um, I, I agree with you 100% Colts. Uh, four for four? Four. Jeez Louise. Well, maybe we'll split on this next game. We got the Rams at the Arizona Cardinals. The Rams are coming in at seven and four, a game behind the division leader Seahawks. Cardinals not too far behind at six and five. You've got the Rams as a three point favorite. On I'm locking the, road. the Cardinals before you go. Go ahead. That's my lock this week's the Cardinals. I like that. At man. home, three points. I mean, yeah, Kyler Murray. Come if, you, on. if you really delve into that game, too, I mean, the Cardinals have the formula to get away from Aaron Donald, much like the Seahawks have the ability sometimes with Russell Wilson. I yep. mean, he got the uh, the legs of Kyler Murray as the ultimate wild card. Well, and Kyler's more elusive than Russell is. Russell's, Russell's uh, I have eyes in the back of my head elusive. Kyler Murray is joystick elusive. Is it fair to say that DeAndre Hopkins might garner a lot of attention from Jalen Ramsey do you think he shadows him absolutely so is it a Fitz game or is it a it's a Fitz and Kirk Kirk game game? and the tight ends Kirk's fast Uh, he's a fast man absolutely he's got speed but you know I think it's a Kenyon Drake game too oh well the Rams have a good run defense but he can catch the ball statistically the Rams I think are second Second, overall against against the run against the run so I mean it'll be a Drake game in terms of how much they feed him to consistently keep the defense honest because again if Kyler Murray's your wild card I mean he's the ultimate escape tool I I bet you there's a running back with a receiving touchdown from the Cardinals tomorrow though 
unfortunately, I'm not going to pick the Cardinals. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. I think the Rams are going to end up winning the game and, and covering this one at three. Ultimately, the Cardinals are not quite there yet. I mean, again, they, they've got the tools. I mean, Murray was able to capture a win against the Bills with a miracle Hail Mary. If they don't win that game, they're five and six right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the Rams at a game behind the Hawks and still with a game against the Hawks to go, they're the team who's got more motivation to get out ahead. And, and yeah, I just, I, I just think the Rams are going to win the game. I'm just Jared, going. Jared Goff just leading them to victory. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean that it's more like McVay, like leading Goff with the football <laughs> to the receiver. Hand it off. Goff. Yeah. Hand it off. <laughs> I don't know. It's like McVay can somehow get him to throw the ball where he needs to throw it sometimes, like he's the quarterback whisperer. But if the communication sets down, obviously the Cardinals look good. But I think the Rams definitely need to keep pace this win, and we'll figure out a way to get one. Yeah. Um, We disagreed for once. Absolutely. Uh, Next game, Buffalo Bills. And the the San Francisco 49ers. Francisco 49ers. Bills are eight and three here. The Niners are five and six, fresh off of a victory against the Rams, who I just picked. Um, Richard Sherman came back last week and had an interception for the 49ers, and you know he had a lot to do with their defense tightening up some holes and making it rather difficult for Goof to Goff to play. Yep. Had a pick, didn't he? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Had an interception. And this game's a pick 'em as well. It's this not. is an even game. Yeah. Your over under here is at 47 and a half, but your money line's just dead even. Yeah. I, got, I show on ESPN the Niners minus one, but yeah, that's it's pretty much just who do you think is going to win? I'm going to take the Niners. I, they're, they're sneaky, and we, we were talking about it earlier. It would not shock me if they limped into the playoffs. Are we disagreeing again? No. Oh, no. We have one game to decide it. <laughs> but you know what? That's a good sign. Folks, I'm telling you, I think that these picks are solid. If you're, if this is the games that you're going to lay the money on, I think that we're we're really close on this one because I'm with you, man. I mean... And the Bills' run defense isn't great, and they got Moster back. That's it's, the thing. It's going to be a second week back in the fold. They got Sherman back. I mean... They won with their backup quarterback last week. It just yeah. showed you if they have a defense and a running they game. They were never a team that their quarterback was the reason they won anyway. Right. So it's not like... I mean... You take you one turd sandwich. Good? You take one turd sandwich out and put another turd sandwich sure. in. If it was successful before, it's going to be again. You put lipstick on a hog. Yeah, exactly, dude. It's the exact same shit. I'm not here to say that the Bills are garbage. They're certainly not. No, I think not that Josh all. Allen's a decent quarterback and found a little bit more rhythm than but what he had. They're literally flying about as far away as they can, short of Los Angeles. I mean, it's a, it's a long road game away. You know, the Bills have got the Patriots breathing down their neck, kind of at three games yeah. back. How's that's that possible? That's another sneaky playoff team. I'm telling you right now, the Patriots at five and six. I mean, they have a head-to-head game against the Bills left, and as we mentioned, I mean, they play the you know they play the Chargers. So, this did week. we ever pick our Super Bowl picks at the beginning of the season? Not officially. I think next week when we're back to full strength, and we'll let them know. Obviously, we should do our. We should definitely do some some pre, futures. Yeah, some yep. preseason futures or pre playoffs. Excuse me, futures bets and picks on Super Bowl. What we think as far as that goes. Do a little research on where the money's at right now. If you were to cast your bet, and kind of figure out what makes sense there. Yeah, I'd be willing to bet at five and six that, you know the the Patriots and the Niners would be some super sexy bets to consider. Because if you really think about it, I mean, we were kind of breaking it down. If the Niners end up getting in, I mean, they'd have to be nine and seven at the minimum. 
they could win their last five games, you know, but I don't see that happening. It'd be tough. It'd be tough. But four and one's not out of the question. And if they get to ten and six, they're probably obviously in nine and seven. Eh. And the thing is with the NFL, I mean, there's still a lot of time for other teams to fall off the table too. You know what I mean? There's some teams, as we were talking about with the Saints, how easily they can plug a secondary quarterback in. But there's other teams that, if their starting quarterback goes down, their season. I mean, look at what happened to the uh, Cowboys. If they were getting healthy uh, with Bosa or Kittle, yeah. in addition to Moster and the running game. I mean, they're a team that I certainly wouldn't want to see on the schedule. No, and you also don't want to see them if you're the high seed and they're the low seed. With they got nothing to lose, they're playing with house money if they crip, like sneak in. You know what I mean? I mean, considering you had the snake bite of the Super Bowl loss after you were up by ten and six minutes to go, basically to win it. I mean, they're five and six with an opportunity to limp back in somehow and make it a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like that. Seahawks teams that was you know a year removed from the 14 Super Bowl and then they won the against the Vikings when the guy Blair Walsh just, just gaffed that kick it. and you're like the Panthers and then we make the brilliant decision to bring him on to our team the next right. year oh that's great that's hysterical but the 15 and one Panthers are awarded with that the the defending the two time defending champs yeah hey Blair Walsh in his defense did have one game winning kick for the Seahawks in the playoffs oh yeah that was a great he was playing for the Vikings but... right he's a he's a miracle worker. I don't know how he managed to do that, but I we mean, lose to the Panthers the next week. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So they they didn't get down 31 to nothing, and then came back and made it a game. Eh, 31-24, I guess. Yeah, but it, they went 24 unanswered in the second half and held the Panthers scoreless. Yeah, but I I felt like the Panthers <clears throat> were shaking in their boots when they saw that the Vikings had just gaffed that kick, and they're Shit. like they're like fuck the Seahawks are coming now. God, God damn it. I would have loved to see the fucking Vikings. That would have been a phenomenal. So uh, I'm going to pull up some uh, college games. Well, real quick before I get into college, I'll pull that up. But I just wanted to, to get your thoughts real quick officially uh, on the cast for last weekend's Tyson card against Roy Jones Jr. You know what? I, I A lot of people said it was boring. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought I the card, Tyson, Tyson won the fight. I thought the card itself was decent. I mean, the guys who, who came out um, on the undercard, they came out to fight. I mean, they put on a show and Paul uh, looked uh, he knocked fucking. Oh, man, that's the, all over the Internet. I don't think Paul looked good. I think no, that, he didn't. He caught him, though. Well, I mean, come on. He, I mean, Nate, listen, I mean, I'm, I'm just being real with you. It's like when I was watching the fight, I, I was obviously rooting for Nate Robinson as a hooper. But it hurt me when the referee didn't stop the fight after the second knockdown, you know, where he got caught and he was getting up. And it looked like a slow count to kind of help him keep in the fight here. But let me tell you something. The way that Nate's feet were moving – and the way that he was reaching with his jab like it was, was a hook. Sleeping on his feet. He was just waiting for that, you know, devastating punch to come in. I saw it coming. And, you know, he got knocked out once on the punch. And then he got knocked out when he was defenseless falling on when his head hit the canvas. I mean, that was, to me, the worst part of it was when he got knocked out clean. And then he got re-knocked out by the canvas on the way down. I mean, Jake Paul's Jake Paul. I mean, you know, he is what he is. I mean... He's not calling out all these. Out I get it, but Good you know, God, whatever. Man. You know, it's like call out whoever you want to call. I'd pay money to see that fifteen second exhibition. Bro, I call out Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor, I will <laughs> fucking fight you, motherfucker, and beat the shit out of you if you pay me ten million dollars. Yeah, right? Yeah, I'll go in there and get fucking knocked the fuck out. <laughs> Conor, I'm calling you out at McGregor. You bum. <laughs> I, I hear a knock on the door, sister. Right. I guarantee that I will proper 12 you. 
No, seriously, though. I mean, be real, though. I mean, that's just what it is in the fight game. So, how do you call that Tyson fight a draw, though? Well, that fight was asinine. But the fight game, you go in there and you get you get laid out. You know, you don't go in there and just play. You know, like Snoop said. I mean, the best call of it was oh, Lord. Snoop was so <laughs> oh, good. Snoop, Snoop was so good on the call. Oh man! I mean, everybody like not everybody, but I saw like some two of my uncles at the barbecue yeah. coming out to fight. <laughs> oh my god! I, I saw people that were like saying that that wasn't like that funny. They're just like, "Oh, shut up! I just want to watch the fight." It's like, what are you talking about? It's like nobody great. ever. It was yeah, great. Nobody ever brings that angle to it. It's yeah. like that's exactly what it looks like. They're two older guys. It's like, oh, showed up, showed up, Snoop. Tyson still looked pretty quick, bro. I mean, he obviously looked way better than Roy. And a lot of people way were better. saying that he took it easy on the facial of uh, Roy? of Roy because well, Roy he didn't beat even up look the like body. he'd been training. He didn't look in shape at all. He looked I bad. mean, if you look, there were a couple really slick dance moves that Roy had. Yeah, you know, he did, he did. You know it. And you could the, the no look jabs and stuff like sure. that. His his signature shit. But he didn't look. He didn't look like he had been training. Well, he's fifty four. I mean, or fifty one. Well, Tyson's older. Yeah, 50, Tyson looked like oh. he was in prime shape. Yeah, my favorite part of the fight was the post fight interview. Obviously, um, when they're asking him about it, and then they look at Roy Jones, and they're like, or Jim Gray's like, "Hey, Roy, uh, you know, so what did it, you know, what would it feel like when you were going in thinking that you know something really bad might be able to happen?" And Tyson interrupts. He's like, "What do you, what do you mean? What, what, what was going to happen to him? I haven't been fighting for fifteen years. What, everybody's worried about him. What, what happened if somebody fucks me up? You know?" And Jim Gray's like awkwardly like, uh, "I didn't know I offended you, Mike. Mike, uh, you're Mike Tyson, though. Yeah, I forget. That's basically what he says. He's like, uh, no one expects a giant to fall. He's like, "What are you talking about? I'm not a giant. I'm a beginner. I haven't been doing this for fifteen years. I'm a beginner." And it's like he's, my back is broken, if, bro. If you Spinal. think about it, though, he's absolutely right. No, fifteen years is a long time outside of that ring. Well, when he went out fifteen years ago, I mean, he didn't go out with a victory. I mean, he went out against like the thirteenth ranked heavyweight overall. Probably, I'm probably exaggerating that, but still, you know what I mean. I mean, he wasn't fighting the the upper echelon of guys when he decided to put the gloves down. I mean, he got a face tattoo and got beat by some bum on an ESPN card. I think. <laughs> I'm not trying to hate. <laughs> But Joe Tessitore probably called that shit. <laughs> I don't. I. I don't know. I get why they called it a draw, though. But at the same time, I. I couldn't watch that fight and at the end of it say I think it was a draw. No, it no, certainly wasn't no a draw. Way. You know, you look at punches thrown, landed, and power punches. Like Tyson held every category. Bro, real quick, since we're like a betting show, I'm just gonna go right into it. So DraftKings made out like a fucking bandit because they had the uh, the money line come in after the sixth round post. So sixth, seventh, and eighth round, the money line was 13, 1400 to one for Tyson to win. So they were like, no fucking way that Tyson doesn't win this fight, right? So the money's all coming in because everybody's like, you'd be a fucking fool to, to bet on Roy Jones to win this fight. And it I mean, was a draw. Is he knocking them out? Right. And so they fucking rake. They don't, everyone who picked lost. They don't have to fucking pay shit unless yeah. you bet the draw at that point. And they're like, how do you bet a draw? Is Roy going to win the last fucking four rounds? There's only two rounds left. There's only three rounds left. If you have eyes. If you have fucking eyes. You think that Tyson's winning this fight just like the DraftKings money line does. But no. Somehow, some way, you're all going to get fucked on both ends. And I mean, that's rough, too. Dude, I didn't even think about it from a better's perspective. Oh, dude, if you got absolutely killed, I mean, DraftKings just got made out like a fucking bandit with that decision. I mean, that just goes to show you how I think that the fight game this year with COVID has killed the gate, killed the concessions, and they need to make up for their wins and losses, their pluses and minuses. I mean, if you really think about how mainstream betting is, I mean, it's probably really mainstream to kind of manipulate in a way. Maybe house hey, has an advantage. There's a lot of money involved. I'm just 
just saying. But yeah, so I mean, I thought that the fight card itself was awesome, and obviously, I thought Tyson wins. And there's been some interesting callouts with the Vander Holyfield and Buster Douglas stepping up. I mean, saying that they might want to fight Vander. Vander in his one ear. So I mean, that's the thing that I was thinking. It's like he's got one other ear still to bite. Well, I mean, why not go for it? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? He has no ears. Right. I mean, but you know what I'm saying? It's like Holyfield's probably wanting to get in there and, and shut him up for a third time, and he wants to end the party train because he wants to get back into the limelight. He's like, fuck this guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I don't I don't blame him. You know, he's like, this guy fucking bites my ear off, and then he gets back into the ring 15 years later. <laughs> he's the household name? Yeah, and he gets paid $10 million for this shit. Fuck that. I want to fight him again, and I want to beat him. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so... um college so the yeah the ducks beavers game last week now, went the beavers way beavers though that was a great comeback i think they were down what 12 and the mm-hmm. and then so yeah we had that moment where it was like the bad luck syndrome you know where the billy beans God, not, they're fucking right fourth and inches or right. third and inches to the goal oh. line it was a re, it was like deja fucking vu bro that was bad refereeing the pack 12 the pack 12 refs are horrible he got in on second down he did. His waist was on the goal line. Bro, and it's like physics just tells you. It's like, here's the ball. I mean, even from one angle, you could see the white laces like it right there in his gut. It's like, here's his gut over the line. And the problem was is they couldn't see it when it fucking happened. So there wasn't like inconclusive evidence because you couldn't actually see. You could see the tip at one yeah. millisecond. But you just have to know like the ball carrier is not holding the ball at his waist. No. He's holding it at his chest. I equated that ruling to like, you know, a liberal's version of science. <laughs> Deductive reasoning. But... <laughs> But this time it didn't bite them. They were able to get in. Um, big victory for the Beavers. I hate it for the Pac-12 just because you, you want to see the conference do something that makes them relevant when it comes to the College Football World, World Series. So we still got oh. a couple undefeated teams, but it's just – you know what I mean. Yeah, I love it. I love seeing the Beavers win. Oh, yeah. I, I fucking love it. And go Beavers all day. But it just from a conference perspective, it's like, okay, fuck the Pac-12 doing what it does every year, fucking eating itself, and – making no one relevant. The funny thing is is that that's a double-sided sword because you got like the true hardcore Pac-10, Pac-12 people who are like, that's the Pac-10, that's the Pac-12. Yep. We're the best conference in the world. That's why because anybody can beat everybody and then everybody else is like, you guys are all trash. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> you guys are all beating each other because every one of you is equally as bad ultimately. But I agree that, you know, um, it's good when you have competition up it and is. down and good for Jonathan Smith and good for the Beavers to get that win because they played very I'm, well in the I'm second really half. I'm really interested to see how they do against Stanford this week because it seems like each week they've gotten a little stronger. The Week one, they were kind of out of I mean, sorts. You, uh, Utah? Or Utah, excuse yep. me. Yeah, uh, Utah. Stanford plays the Huskies this yeah, week, my I bad, think. my bad. Utah. So I'm, I'm excited to see if they continue to build on that momentum. Obviously, they're fucking rock-cocked and loaded after beating the Ducks, but... How can you not be? I mean, the Ducks were the darling of the well, NCAA and that can be North. Or, than it can be what is help. it? Pac-12 North. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I think this uh, this game against Utah is going to be a good good indication of which direction the Beavers are going. If they if they stole one, or if they're actually continuing to build on what seems to be some early season success and uh, a lot of progress compared to what they've been over the last few years. You know. Overall, I mean, college football is in a pretty tough place right now. I mean, we've made fun of the Warlock math reference here, but I mean, it's really getting to like the ultimate nitty gritty of games being canceled to COVID here and there. I mean, you got Ohio State, um, you know, who's in a tiffy with 
Michigan about whether or not they're going to play their game. I mean, they're going to supposedly play their game against Michigan State. You got their head coach that's, you know, got COVID. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a it's a rough situation overall on the landscape, and it's a super tough job if you're in that room, even trying to think about who the four best teams are. Yeah, it really is. It, and we've seen the the COVID thing continue to get worse in the NFL too. I mean, we almost lost games this week. I mean, I just want to. Or this last week. I just me. want to point out the state of where we're at, like right now, right? If Cincinnati, if BYU, both widely considered to be lesser than upper echelon quality programs, if they go undefeated, and then you've got you know a multitude of one loss teams. I mean, maybe a two loss Clemson if Notre Dame runs the table and beats them again. I mean, I'm not. But I mean, come on, you know, a lot of people are going to be like that. Ultimately, BYU or Coastal Carolina or whomever isn't ultimately going to be deserving of playing a game, but you have, you know, a bunch of crazy stuff happening. And then I'm not saying that they're deserving, right? Jared would sit here and say, oh, so now you agree with my warlock math. But (laughs) if USC was undefeated, you know, and you had some teams lose, I mean, you know, if you're going to consider Ohio State with five or six games in their back pocket, you got to consider somebody else since like 12 and 0 or 13 and 0 like BYU I'm not saying that they're good but if Coastal Carolina beats ranked BYU and goes undefeated I like it I mean what do you BYU sucks though they got uh, that could happen they end with Louisiana too sure I don't know Washington entered the rankings and in the college football rankings they're 22nd they got a home game against uh, Stanford coming up this week I definitely like the dogs uh, to win this one just based on the fact that Stanford just doesn't look that great at all so far. I mean, they had that one game against the Ducks where I figured that their their I mean, I saw their offensive line was was playing typical Stanford football, but over the last couple of games, I mean, they haven't had a decent showing yet. Eleven and a half points. Oh, definitely. Is that, is that it? Oh, I definitely still like the Huskies. Their defense has just been absolutely killer. I mean, let's let's look back at the Beavers game for a second. We all, you know, moan and groan about the call if you're a Beavers fan, rightfully so. But at the end of the day. You know, the special teams spotted the Beavers 7, and it was a 27-21 game. The Beavers' offense has put up 30 in every game since then. Yeah. So, I mean, they're not super terrible. No. no Jamar Jefferson is the player of the year. So the Huskies' defense has got to be pretty decent. They just spotted Utah 21 last week and came back and shut them out in the second half and won 24-21. I don't see anything that Stanford does that says that they're going to break the bank and go over 21-24 points. Yeah. I mean, really, that's about the number. The Beavers had 14 on offense, if you really think about it. Um, you know, I'm going to spitefully pick Stanford. Yeah, no, that's totally, I get it. Yeah. Because you said that they'd lose a couple of times. So I get it. Absolutely. Want to pick them. Um, but you know, I, I like where the Huskies are at defensively. They look like a pretty good team. And I, you know what, at the end of the first half last week, it was looking like my Washington dropping a couple was looking pretty on. It was looking awesome. I was feeling pretty good about it. And then I don't know what the fuck happened the second half. At 21 to nothing, I bet you had, like, all your text messages just loaded. Like <laughs> preloaded text oh, messages. Yeah. Just like, okay, let's look at this one. Let's, I got a <laughs> meme here. Got a gif here. I was just waiting to hit send, and then I couldn't. Bro, it says, I, came, I became an honorary Beaver fan at the end of it and got told that I got my pee-pee slapped and said that I can't do that. Yeah, no, you can't be the first person in our group <laughs> chat to send a Beaver's logo after that win. No. It's fantastic. Beat to it. Um, so the Ducks who took... I wasn't going to just because I didn't want to poke the bear. I knew Jared was going to be in a, in a difficult position in his life at that point. Hey, you know what? I, I have no sorrow or sympathy for that, man. I'm sorry. I, there, there was a game where they won, um, you know, a couple years ago and I came into my desk the next morning and there was a picture of an Oregon Duck player, you know, mm-hmm. you know, on the, you know, on my desk. So it's like, Hey, if you're 
if it gets put out there. Yep. Yep. All's fair in love. I mean, and that's not sports. even that. I mean, but say, hey, listen, I'm opening myself up. Oregon and Washington, they still have business. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I lose that or not, I I'm not playing the game, but. If the team that I have interest in loses, I mean, he will obviously take shots, rightfully so. Yep. Well-deserved shots. Because if I'm going to back the Huskies and they lose to that Duck team, I'm going to be pretty upset. Pretty, you're going to be Even on the road, I mean, that Duck team, uh, their offense did enough, but their defense looked terrible they against the run. Good. They didn't look If good. you think about how Washington likes to play the game, they love to run the ball. A lot of teams against the Beavers this year have looked bad against the run, though. Like you said, Jamar Jefferson's just a man. He's really good. He's not even a huge guy like no, we alluded to. He's just hashtag good at football. Yeah. So uh, what's the line in this uh, um, Oregon at California Golden Bears game? It is Oregon minus nine. Oh, that's not enough points. That is not enough. Yeah, Oregon's pissed. They rightfully need to get yeah. um, a, game a game right that game. makes them feel good again. Against the winless California Golden Bears. And they're going to remain that way for sure. And I think the number's an easy play there. Um, so just moving on to the next one, you got your surprise Colorado buff Aloes at the Arizona Wildcats here. Um, I'm not even going to spend a lot of time here because, well, I don't really know a lot about either team other than the records say that the Buffaloes are really good and the number's not enough. No, seven and a half. I know it's in Arizona and all, but I believe there's uh, some deserts that have Buffalo in them. Yes, absolutely. Geographically, oh. topographically, or whatever. Wasn't that like it? a Buffalo versus Cardinals reference? Ah, oh, fuck. Unfortunately, though, the Arizona team won that one. Yeah, that's Should true. we go back to that? That's true. No, Colorado. Uh, Seven and a half points. The Buffalo's got to get one here, right? They got to get one. Win, win They'll for the, split. They'll split. Win one for the Bisons, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Washington <laughs> State and USC. What do you think about that? That's a tricky one for USC. 13 points. Yeah. I mean, Ugh. that's a huge number, and I don't like USC with big favorites. At home. I just hate it. Statistically, Washington State has like, been in every game against USC for the last like five or six years. Yeah. I mean, I think, that the, a lot. Yeah, I think that the Cougs definitely get this number. I love it. Um, USC, though, at number 20, I mean, they've got the biggest target on their back in the Pac-12, if you call that a big target. But ultimately, I mean, they're the best hope at this point, according to the people with eyes in college football who make decisions. Well, d- depending on how you look at it, because strength of schedule-wise, Washington might have the upper hand, especially ending at Oregon. Well, considering that they will play at Oregon, and then they could play that USC team, who yeah. hopefully is undefeated at that point, because that's the only way it matters. Um, title. Yeah, other than that. But, but yeah. I'm, I'm taking the Cougs and, and the points. That's a lot of points. Yeah, I definitely think it covers in line here. I mean, I wouldn't get too excited, though, and go money line. I think that the... USC still wins the game. Yep. I mean, like I said, they got the most to play for here, and they're the better team with the better athletes here. Um, you know, last oh, Oregon State at Utah. Um, Go Beavs. Yep. What's the line on this one here? Eleven and a half. Yeah. Sorry, Utah's getting the number here. I know that's a big. That's a big number. It's a big number. Yeah, Utah's got a lot to be upset about. Blowing a twenty-one point lead. They're a super well-coached team, well-coached program. They don't lose many games to teams <clears throat> in the Pac-12 that are not named USC and Washington and Oregon. Yeah. No. If I'm betting. I'm going to take Utah, but as a fan, obviously, I want the Beavs to win. I think Utah might even win straight up. Oh, you mean? At, at home? Yeah. You mean, yeah. You said the Utah's 11 and a half point favorites, right? Yeah. You mean? Yeah. You mean, that, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. I think that, I think Utah's winning 11 and a half. Yeah. Easily. They're covering that one. I'm unfortunately, I mean. At home? Yeah. I think that the Beavs are a great, you know, team when it comes to running the ball, but Rice Eccles Stadium is a tough place to, to play at and run the ball at. And they, like I said, they have a lot to be motivated to improve on because 
you know, they took that game on short notice yep. and they were 0-1 after a tough game mm-hmm. at, against USC. They're 0-2 now against them and they probably felt like... Did they play that in Washington or was it yeah. in Utah? Yeah, they went on the road, okay. big boy pants, short and they and they went up 21 nothing, and then they, they took it. They, you know, they got spanked in the second half, you know, and I think that they have every reason to be motivated to get that number. Yep, and that's why I say if Oregon State actually comes out and pulls this out and wins this game, there's going to be a few heads turned to say, hold on a second, maybe this program's actually legit. No, Jonathan Smith's absolutely got him in the right direction. I mean, he's, you know, the heralded quarterback, you know, who's led them to, you know, a big Fiesta Bowl win against prominent Notre Dame. I mean, how could you not, you know, love that guy for eternity? Oh, right. I mean, he took coaching. That guy never pays for dinner in that time. Right. No, he took coaching jobs to get to that job. Mm -hmm. I mean, guaranteed, when he decided that he was going to come on as whatever he came on as originally as a coach, he's like, I hope one day my job is an Oregon State Beavers head coach. And here he is. And he's beaten his rival, who was, you know, the darling of the Pac-12. Is this his second year as the head coach? I believe second it's third. his third. Is it his third? I believe okay. so. Um, but either or, that, that's that, that's when your recruits that you go out and get are starting to play. And and the guys that who you're developing every day in and day out and, yep. and on the field and on the classroom are playing for you. Next, um, last game in the Pac-12 is UCLA UCLA. At Arizona State, Herm Edwards Sun Devils late game, <laughs> absolutely Edwards versus uh, Kelly. Yeah. Kelly, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it. Uh, Herm is uh, probably going to get the better of Kelly on this one here. I mean UCLA, Arizona's eh. three and a half point or three point favorites, and I have to side with you there. I think at home Herm, I think Herm's a better coach. To be honest with you, oh, absolutely, Herm's a better coach. So yep, go AZ. You don't uh, you don't see a lot of Bruins in the desert, I don't believe, if if I do stand so to say myself. Is that a bear? It is a bear, and I did a little research. It's a term used in mythical stories, oftentimes children's stories, in re- reference to a bear. That's why it's not a commonly used name for a bear. So it's children's folklore. Exactly, children's folklore refers to bears as Bruins. So there you have it. Your fun fact for the week. Why would UCLA adopt something like that from fairy tale land? Oh, it's Hollywood it's, area. Yep, exactly. Oh, it's kind of weird how that works. The Golden State. You know, I guess uh, we got everything covered on the uh, NFL and the College Pac-12 docket here. Our our two man uh, podcast, not, not nearly as strong, but still productive. Oh, I like it. I think it was super strong. I know. I think we're fucking making some good bets. But as far as just. Um, entertainment factor we're better when we're all together oh absolutely yeah i mean who could deny that i mean hopefully soon um our handsomeness might be able to be displayed on some other outlets when we do a couple shows or maybe do a couple uh cool videos here yeah, in the future some, some youtube stuff we'll keep you guys posted on all that in the meantime please remember to follow us on the social media platforms the twitter spotify the facebook yeah just click the the follow and every time we upload mm-hmm. get a notification and you can listen to the cast and you know get onto the twitter and keep you posted all right guys well thanks for tuning on in hopefully back full strength and catch you later and uh fuck the ducks go beeves